I'm starting Radio. Aloha, and thank you for joining us today at Your Metaphysical Minute with Hawaii Psychic Geraldine St. Joseph. We're coming to you from uh, somewhat wet, but not tsunami wet, Aloha, um, Oahu, Hawaii. My guest today is Shaman Christopher Kahohipa Ilo. Hello, Christopher. Hi, Geraldine. How are you? Very good. Not not wet. That's a good thing. So it's raining today. So uh, I see that uh, last night when we were supposed to do the full moon ceremony, we got washed out a little bit due to a situation beyond our control. What does it look like for this evening? Uh, well, the full moon's uh, scheduled for tonight around 6 o'clock at Holona Cove. Um, people always ask about the weather. Are we going to get rained out? And uh, we've been doing it there for three years. And the weather seems to just blow by that narrow cove, so I'm going to say it's on, um, rain or shine, and that uh, people, you know, don't be too concerned about the rain. We've, we've been pretty fortunate because it's a narrow channel, a little bit windy, so the rain doesn't tend to linger, it just blows by. Um, and uh, the weather forecast is for just occasional showers after it burns off this morning, so please, see you there if you're on uh, Oahu, Hawaii this evening. Very good, very good. So... I guess my first question would have to be, um, what is a shaman? What constitutes being a shaman? Well, I would say that it, it, it really depends what people would call a shaman according to your tradition or tribe. But now that we're more modernized, westernized, um, industrialized society, um, somebody that can really access the um, seen and the unseen, uh, we work as a, a bridge uh, between the two worlds, or many worlds, uh, mostly between the world of the physical, bringing in um, an understanding and awareness of the unphysical, the unseen, the energetic world. Most people only have a sense of this, maybe in their dreams or just a, an occasional intuition. Um, I tend to really work with it um, when I um, consult with clients, and uh, it's uh, just an amazing adventure. So in order to be a shaman, is it necessary to have classical training, or is it something that you can um, be born into? Like, is it a lineage? What, uh, what type of shamanism do you practice? Well, there's many different um, tribes and cultures. So some people would say you have to be born into it. Some people would say it's a calling. Um, some people in village life that have shamans, it's, it's a very demanding um, profession, calling. They wouldn't want to wish it upon their uh, children because oftentimes uh, you're on call 24-7 to the village. But uh, here in this industrial westernized society, um, I'd say a lot of people, and not all, I mean, have this potential to be very intuitive, but not everybody has, say, a genetic potential to be an Olympic athlete, but we all have, you know, a potential to be very strong and physically active. It's just a matter of how well you work on that spiritual potential and how, um, before you choose to take it, and then some people are just called, they're driven. I had an awakening experience. I was about 23. Uh, in the middle of the night, I had this very intense dream of this bright white light shining over me. And I woke up and told my wife this, and that I was talking to people, and a lot of changes were going on. And uh, ever since that dream, it's it's been an intense journey of just kind of following my intuition, the call of spirit leading me to various times where I meet a teacher for a little while or have an intense experience, and then I 
have another intuition that it was time to move on and go somewhere else and learn something uh, new. And, and sometimes it wasn't even learning. It was so much kind of clearing up something, say, from a previous lifetime or memory or an energetic that um, needed healing in myself or in others, and there was just a, a need for it. Um, I still get those intuitions and callings every now and then, um, but I've learned how to kind of weave them into my life so that's not so disrupting. But uh, in my um, 20s and 30s, it was pretty much drop what you're doing and go now. But uh, I guess as I've gotten older and cleared up stuff and and learned how to work with it, it's um, uh, quite a compliment to my life, and it's an amazing adventure journey. So what tradition are you were you classically trained at any point, and what tradition were you trained in, or do you find yourself following several different paths? Well, I was initially um, just following my intuition guidance at about uh, from 23 on, and then for um, quite a few years, um, I studied in the Toltec tradition. Uh, Don Miguel Ruiz, he wrote the Four Agreements, um, was a teacher for a little while, um, and they really um, gave me an outline, a framework of which to work from, and one of the most incredible things was they said, you know, take what works. Don't don't be stuck in the idea of a tradition or, 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 or classic training so that you can't, like, uh, try other things. And they were really stressed on use what works. Don't be afraid to try new different things. Um, you know, we're in a world that's quite changing, quite evolving. Um, and after I had uh, studied with him for a while, um, I studied here in Hawaii uh, with the uh, kahunas and um, got a little bit of their training and most of them said you know you we're only separated by language what we call one thing uh, you may call something else the same thing and then once we kind of dive in the world of spirit there's not a lot of language or words in in the English language to describe the experiences but after having studied with other uh, shamans and apprentices we would kind of talk around it and then after a while we just kind of look at each other nod and know that the other person had had a similar experience and are similarly adept in those worlds of energy, spirit, you know, the unseen. Very good. Well, since you brought up kahunas, and we are in Hawaii, um, there's some debate as to, in modern day, what kahuna actually means and what a kahuna is and whether or not they still exist. So I guess my question is, what is the difference between a kahuna and a shaman? Wow, that's a real tough question. Here in Hawaii, it can be kind of a, um, politically sticky to, to you know, label yourself a kahuna, call yourself a kahuna, and um, talk about the differences, and, and there's always a lot of argument and debate. I just want to apologize if I offend anyone now. I don't mean to. I'm just speaking from my opinion and personal experience, and it may be different for somebody else. Um, I'd say that there's not a lot of difference. Um, it's just you know, the techniques and the tools um, with it and, the, and the language. Um, just for a lot of uh, kahuna shamans, I mean, it's just a love of spirit, a love of uh, life, and and working from the highest uh, uh, good we can perceive. Um, you know, that highest good we can perceive is filtered by our own set of uh, belief systems. So um, I wouldn't say there's a lot of differences. I'm sure there's some differences people can point out, but I don't like to... Um, really stress differences. I like to think about how we're all alike and work from there because it's so easy in this world, this day and age, to look at us and say, oh, you're different from me, you're separate. And it's like really the important thing is to realize that we're all connected, we're all one, 
and that we're all on this planet together and that one thing that happens halfway around the world can affect us greatly. So just our thought across the room can affect somebody greatly around the world. And if we start thinking like that, we could really look at healing ourselves and healing the world because when we heal one person, we really are healing the world because we're not separate. We're not alone. Exactly. And as you say that um, something that happens here, a thought that happens somewhere affects halfway around the world, the tsunami yesterday, after the um, earthquake happened, how it impacted like this whole half of the continent, not even the continent, rather the hemisphere, the hemisphere, the globe. Yeah. And um, how true that is and how quickly people move to either put each other down and um, I heard different things yesterday. I heard people criticizing the way everything was handled because nothing really happened. And well, thank goodness nothing really happened. A lot of people could have uh, died, yeah. Could have, well, could have died, lost and, and their houses. The thing is something did happen. We did have a surge. If people were in the water and they had not warned us and nothing, you know, was said, a lot of people would have died because they would have been on the coast and they would have gotten pulled out to sea. So it's not foo-foo and no, they shouldn't have said anything and they shouldn't have evacuated the coastlines. Um, you know, but people are like, if it's not really dramatic, then it doesn't matter. Well, we've been conditioned uh, by the media uh, to always look for fear in the drama. We, we have very little um, training in our culture nowadays to really look for the gratitude in things, to really be thankful, which makes a huge difference if we look for um, ways to be joyful and full of gratitude. Um, our world would be so much uh, different, so much better. Um, it's very easy to be critical, but um, if nobody had warned us, um, we could have had a huge uh, tragedy like Indonesia, and then people would have been really knowing what suffering is like. So we were a little inconvenienced. I'd rather uh, be a little inconvenienced than, uh, say, have my car and my family washed out into the ocean and never be seen again. So I think people who are, are critical like that, I think, you know, we need to um, ask them, uh, what are you afraid of? Because um, that's all that is, is really fear. What are you afraid of? Really stepping into your joy? You know, maybe get them to think about what? <laughs> I mean, no, nobody goes around asking them, what's your joy, what's your passion? They all kind of, uh, you know, uh, criticize one thing or another. And you can see these people that would criticize something like that. Uh, do you really want to associate with them? I don't know. Maybe we should just kind of isolate them in a little corner and say, okay, until you change your attitude and, and learn how to be really joyful in the moment and celebrate that, gosh, we have this wonderful thing called life and for inconvenience to, not being, by not being able to go to the store because they're closed because they don't want to uh, suffer a consequence that, you know, nobody's sure of anything. You know, mm -hmm. you know people look at um, myself and, and, you know, and, and Gerilyn, like you, as these intuitives, these psychics of being able to predict everything. I said, no, but I do have a pretty good track record of being uh, in the right place at the right time, but, you know, I'm not infallible, as uh, you know, my wife could tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so when we talk about what we can and can't do, uh, one of the things that I find being a professional psychic is it really unnerves me when I look at people's ads and things and they say 100% guaranteed and I will get your lost love back. And those kind of things really kind of scare me because what they do is they take a God-given gift that we're supposed to use to help other people and they're twisting it to manipulate. Um, 
Now, as a psychic, that's very apparent. I mean, you see it a lot in advertisements and stuff. As a shaman, what would you say if people were trying to select someone with integrity, how would they know that they were speaking with someone with integrity? How would they know that this person actually um, could help them? Well, you know, I tell people use your intuition, use your gut, but, you know, even a rational mind, if somebody's really promoting themselves as 100% um, perfect or 100% guaranteed, I kind of look at that and, and, and wonder. Um, you know, nothing in this life is 100% guaranteed. Um, uh, a good friend, a teacher, told me, you know, as things stand right now, forewarned is forearmed. I mean, forewarned is forearmed. Basically, once I tell you something that you don't have an awareness of, and then you have that awareness, you have the ability to change that. Um, so, yeah, things change. I mean, imagine looking out across an ocean and seeing, um, you know, a little uh, surfboard bobbing out there. Can you accurately guarantee when and where it's going to hit or land on the shore? Or if, and, and that's kind of what it's like. It's, it's like reading an energy that's coming towards you, but uh, uh, telling you exact details, it, it gets a little uh, sketchier until it's really close to the event um, horizon, and then we can see, yeah, that's definitely going to happen. I mean, you look at a car creening down a freeway at 90 miles an hour, you know, towards a brick wall and say, yeah, it's going to hit that brick wall, you know, maybe his brakes will stop it in time, but you, you're kind of like pretty sure it's going to hit. So um, it's one of those things. Uh, you know, well, what kind of questions should they ask? Um, well, you know, people uh, want to oftentimes take up a free time of, of somebody they should be paying for. But definitely the questions, um, you know, do you have a lot of clients and satisfaction from clients? Do um, clients come back to you? Um, and, uh, you know. Um, so could you ask for references from someone? Um, I, I would say, sure, ask for references. If, if somebody's uh, hesitant or unsure of references, I'd wonder why. Um, a lot of I've done this work, and I have uh, you know a lot of clients who would uh, definitely give me uh, references. They might not want to um, because it's it's kind of embarrassing that maybe they go to a, a psychic or a shaman or something. They might want their privacy, but I'm sure they would give some sort of endorsement uh, anonymously, maybe over the phone. It's like, hey, call call these people. But um, you know, I definitely check with them. Uh, but um, it's one of those things. It, 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 having had to heal. Um, clients that have gone to some other unscrupulous practitioners, um, it, it's hard to uh, kind of uh, sift those people out. But uh, somebody that, uh, um, if you have at first a, a kind of a hesitancy, um, you know, pay attention to a little voice inside. There's, you know, this voice that we have that's accultured and, and, and uh, tells us to not to always be nice, you know. And then there's that voice that's kind of that instinctual voice, and uh, You'll, it'll, it'll be quiet and just kind of whisper something's wrong. Pay attention to that. Most people, uh, especially women, um, are always told, you know, don't make waves, be nice. And uh, you often hear about women getting uh, in, into trouble spots by not paying attention to that voice of, uh, you know, something's not right, something's wrong, but they ignore it because they've been trained to be nice. I says, you know, we don't always have to be nice. It, 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 you know, it's okay to just walk away and, and appear to be rude rather than put yourself in danger. That's okay. So that leads me to what types of things would people approach you about? What types of services do you think um, would be best suited? 
Well, I often uh, get called to do some physical healing work if there's some uh, sort of physical ailment. I often can uh, look at the energetic field and uh, find out where there are misalignment. I believe that uh, wellness is our natural state of being, and oftentimes uh, when we're not well, that there's some sort of um, perceived payoff, you know, in our um, thinking somewhere in our emotional state of mind. Uh, we uh, perceive this um, alternate payoff that we get from being ill. Oftentimes, though, there's other um, spiritual reasons. Here in Hawaii, we have a lot of... Um, very sacred sites, um, and these sacred sites are filled with, um, you know, we, we, what I would call inorganic beings. Some people would say ghosts, spirits, and uh, these ghosts, spirits, inorganic beings um, can be quite pesky if uh, we accidentally take one home by maybe um, inadvertently, um, say, insulting them at an outdoor altar space or uh, pilfering something. <laughs> um, that, that, you know, think would be interesting to take home. And then, you know, I've got to kind of do, I would call it an exorcism, but definitely uh, kind of set things right by, um, uh, you know, apologizing to, you know, the inorganic being spirit and uh, uh, setting things right by the person and by the spirit. So I kind of act as a go-between, a spirit lawyer, so to speak. <laughs> the mediator. Well, that, that's pretty much what it is, you know. But I'm not fearful, so it, it's like uh, a negotiation for me. I don't have a lot of charge around it, so... A lot of these uh, inorganic being spirits feed off of uh, energy. So um, some are trained to feed off of fear and anger, and then some are feed like our angels are, are uh, trained to, um, you know, they like to feed off of uh, uh, joy and love. Um, so that, you know, that's what happens. People all of a sudden they go to some place and they pick up one of these things, and, and for a while they're just filled with a lot of fear and anxiety and anger, and they're wondering what's going on. So uh, that's one of the other things. Um, also, I deal with uh, um, some sort of mental problems, not um, great mental problems. Sometimes people are really physically damaged in the, the chemistry and they choose to go through life like that. But um, sometimes uh, I help people with adjusting their thinking and finding, uh, helping them uh, find healthier ways. Of, are you talking about like a mild depression and sorrow? Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of times those are just indicators of we're not really on purpose with our life. Um, we're not meant to be in a a static job, a static existence. Life is full of ebbs and flows, and we need to learn how to ride those um, ebbs and flows. And that's what makes us joy is the ebbs and flows. But if we have this uh, nine-to-five TikTok life, it can be depressing. Um, we ever think about wondering why offices are often full of these torrid affairs? I said, well, why not? It's the only place where life has an expression. You go into this gray building uh, in this gray or off-white drab office under this horrible fluorescent lighting. Everybody wears these kind of gray or black uh, suits, um, you know, and, you, and, and your life force has to express it somehow. And if you're not doing some sort of joyous expression, yeah, you'd be depressed because you're just shutting off the flow of life by that kind of uh, lifestyle and existence. Fortunately, we live here in Hawaii that, you know, once you step out of the office building, you got this wonderful warm breeze and ocean around you and, and, uh, Lots of green. Lots of green and beautiful flowers and beautiful people that, uh, you know, the Aloha spirit. So even though they try to industrialize and westernize this place, you know, we can still fight back. Mm. So are there places people can go um, to hear you speak or read more about you? Where would they find out more about you or where would they get to experience you in some way? Um, definitely the full moon if you don't want to... Um, Make a one-on-one. -on -one. You just want to come check me out. Um, the full moon here um, in Hawaii at the Holona Cove. 
Um, if you're going to be in Japan, I'll be there um, in, uh, after March 25th for a, a couple of weeks. And uh, I'm, my website's under um, construction uh, these days, so... But you do have a page at psychicinhawaii.com. Uh, yes, you do. Thanks for reminding me of that. I, I, uh... We're also as listed events and future events. So if you are interested in having a session or asking a question or, or communicating with uh, Christopher at any time, please contact him through the website, uh, psychicinhawaii.com, and he's there as shaman Christopher Elo. And, you can uh, also email me directly, shamanchristopher at gmail.com. Yeah, that's your... Uh, yeah, that's my personal contact uh, email, so just shamanchristopher, gmail. Okay, and we'll change that insight. Um, so, okay. Is there anything else, like if someone is having an issue, what specific types of issues would you say would definitely be like, oh... I need to call a shaman versus I need to call, I don't know, my psychiatrist or something. <laughs> uh, well, you, you know, the shamans of old had to be a little bit of everything from, you know, doctor, a physical doctor to um, psychologist um, and, you know, attorney, a mediator between, you know, all sorts of things. Um, I like to think of myself as a complement to Western medicine. Um, uh, so... You know, I wouldn't say don't try your um, Western uh, practices, but uh, definitely seek me out. Um, oftentimes, though, there are things that a shaman can definitely do um, that, you know, I would say a Western uh, medicine can't help. If you ever go to a, some sort of sacred place and, and, uh, or a site and you come back feeling really filled with anxiety, anger, depression that wasn't there before and there was no, no sort of physical reason you could pinpoint, I'd say come uh, see a shaman, find a shaman um, that could help you uh, because you might have picked up, um, you know, a, a spirit or, a, or a, an organic being that's attached itself to you um, and, it, and it's feeding off of you by um, making you feel these uh, thoughts, feelings that maybe weren't there before um, and we can uh, help to remove those. And also if I can add, um, I've worked with uh, Christopher over the past Six years and what I can definitely give him a reference on is that anything that is emotionally related if you're going through a, a difficult emotional period or a transition of any kind Christopher is excellent at clearing those things up for me a lot of times that comes up physically uh, where I'll have a physical pain or it'll come up like an injury or something like that and he's really good at helping me root out what needs to be done with that and pulling it out and just getting rid of it basically or processing it or whatever needs to be done with it so that it's no longer there. So I give you kudos on that. Well, thank you. <laughs> Unfortunately, in this Western day and age, we're taught to be rational and ignore or dismiss or even worse yet, really stuff our emotions, but they got to go somewhere. If we think of the word emotion as energy emotion, if we stuff that, what happens is we um, trap that in our bodies, and later on down, down the years, it'll act up as some sort of physical ailment. Um, so we need to think about um, really understanding our emotions and finding ways to appropriately express those. Um, you know, in other third world countries, they hire uh, professional mourners to give us um, permission, to give themselves permission to really grieve. I mean, 
how many Western funerals have you seen where everybody's kind of silent and holding it in and just trying to put on a good face? And then you've seen maybe uh, a scenes of a third world country where their tears are flowing, people are screaming. It's, hey, that's grief. That's real. That's honest. That's emotion. Let it out. I mean, why do we think of stuffing those, those emotions? I mean, we need to really rethink about how we um, don't allow ourselves to grieve, don't, how we need to kind of give ourselves permission and really give ourselves a culture of um, allowing for emotions and processing that. I mean, emotions are an important and a powerful thing, and we should um, be okay with supporting people's healthy expressions of those emotions and uh, getting them out, releasing them, instead of really kind of stuffing them in. Um, and it's okay if somebody around you does not feel comfortable that you're crying. They'll deal with it. And maybe it's because they need to cry too. So by you giving yourself permission to do that, you're also giving them permission to be who they are and do what they need to do. Um, as we're speaking, I get the sense that there's a lot of people out there who would really like to go to you, but maybe at this point in time with the economy as it is, they're not quite sure and they're tight with their money. So are are you offering any specials this spring? Uh, I'm doing a special. Um, right now I'm doing a, a $40 uh, consultation special. Um, if you uh, see me or book an appointment between now and uh, uh, the spring equinox, that's March 21st, I'll, uh, I'll, have, I'll <laughs> book you a session at $40. My normal uh, rate is $150. A session usually takes 45 minutes to an hour and a half. I kind of follow the energy and make sure you're okay. Um, so I, I don't specify just a fixed time because that's not quite how it works. Um, people often go, why? So says, well, listen, if somebody's in the middle of an emotional upheaval and process, I can't say, hey, uh, your minute's up and you need to go. I mean, uh, really, it's to ensure the client's health, safety, and uh, satisfaction. Uh, can you do this long distance, or is this something where the person's got to be in the room with you? Um, I could do a lot of things long distance, uh, consciousness, um, can uh, overcome time and distance. I just ask that if you um, are going to work with me long distance, you just have um, a, a space available where you're alone, private, and you have some time afterwards to process. So I wouldn't suggest you take a phone call from me for an hour and then go back to your office job. I'd su suggest that you know you have some time in the afternoon or evening where you're not going to be bothered by anyone and able to process a little bit for a couple hours, and that you do have a support system available. Um, that's all I'd ask. So um, there's a type of healing that I'd like to discuss called soul retrieval. And I know that different people have different ways of doing it. And could you explain to us a little bit about what that is? Because I, I got a question on that. Um, well, we talk about it. I'm going to try and uh, parallel it to, or use Western uh, psychological terms. Um, uh, Soul loss, we all have a consciousness, a spirit, a soul. Um, we'd liken it to post-traumatic stress disorder. What happens um, in our lives, we suffer some sort of uh, trauma, uh, psychologically, physically, and our spirit, our consciousness has a way of protecting itself, walling itself off to handle, say, a survival situation. Um, so what happens is over a period of time, we have these fragments floating around, and as a shaman, um, we practice what we call a soul retrieval, where what we do is we work with our clients to bring back and integrate uh, these fractured pieces of consciousness. And uh, oftentimes people who have gone through a soul retrieval 
um, their symptoms of a post-traumatic stress disorder uh, lessen greatly. Um, uh, you know, a lot of uh, tribal uh, societies, you know, they had a lot of warfare and they got very adept at practicing uh, soul retrieval. They understood that we can't live with our fractured spirit, so we have to learn how to call it back to ourselves after these events. I mean, there's no judgment involved. I mean, whatever happened, happened. The important thing is we learn uh, to heal our consciousness. And, and, and uh, um, our consciousness just walled itself off, and um, people wonder why they they go through these traumatic events and they spend years in therapy and they still can't uh, seem to feel whole or um, heal from uh, nightmares. And uh, soul retrieval uh, definitely helps with that. That's very interesting. Um, are there any other types of techniques or is there somewhere, are there books that you would recommend people to read or a certain philosophy that you like to follow? Um, I really look at things in a holistic pattern. I mean, we're not separated. Um, specifically, I, I would say um, anything that uplifts the spirit. And uh, you have mentioned past lives previously. Do you find that this, number one, in order for someone to go to you, do they have to believe in past lives? And, I would, if, I would, you know, how does that impact us? I would say you don't have to believe anything. Um, coming to see me. I don't care what religion or faith you practice. Um, I, you know, I don't judge um, uh, a person. Uh, you know, for me, it's just energy and uh, looking at ways to make you whole and he heal you because when, when one person heals, we all heal because we're all connected. I like to say that, um, you know, uh, uh, suspend your disbelief and allow for the possibility so that, uh, why not? Um, you know, I, I've, I've called upon teachers of all faiths, all religions, uh, depending upon my clients. In the full moon circle, I, uh, I ask people if they have a prayer that they use in their uh, faith or religion to please allow themselves to share with us because it's beautiful. One of the most wonderful experiences I have is when uh, I find a native uh, tribal person and, and, and I'm allowed to pray with them, and they speak, you know, fluent English, but also fluently in their native language. And it feels so much better when they pray in their own native language. It's just amazing um, the energetic that comes off a person. So, yeah, it's just wonderful. Whatever uh, faith or religion you practice, please uh, practice it and come see me if there's something uh, I might be able to help you with. It. Uh, I, I'm just amazed at uh, how everything, once it comes down to love and light, just crosses all, all faiths, all genders, all cultures, all religions. That's good. So do you go to, do you practice any specific faith or do you... Um consider spirituality a faith? Um, you know, I, I don't like to get into too much in the names um, <clears throat> or practices, uh, my own or others, but, you know, I do, do uh, meditate several times a week. Um, I do. I will share you with a journey. I, I once undertook a shamanic journey. I, um, I had gone all the way to the edge of creation, and I had seen... Um, what I would call like two angels of light and dark and out of the mouth of creation. There were just two angels uh, pouring out um, energy and there was no judgment. It was just creation and at that point of creation um, so that we could have this experience we call life. And, and after that, it's like, wow, there's no judgment, no fear for me uh, of any sort of expression. It just is. And that's why I can navigate these worlds that people find frightening of, of you know, what they call demons, devils, 
um, you know, because I just see it as a part of creation, and they do their thing to give us um, something like gravity. I mean, if, if there was no such thing as gravity, we couldn't fly, right? We just kind of float around and be like this uh, blobs. So, you know, <laughs> it, it, you know, we need negativity to teach us lessons. I just look at upon as spiritual lessons as a way to remind us of who and what we are. That's good. Um, your philosophy of healing, are you the healer? Is the client the healer? How do you look at that? How does that process take place? I'm not really a healer. And only God heals and the person allows their God, personal God force to come forward and express itself. Um, I just help people to remind them of what they are. I, I create a safe space so that they can drop away those uh, limiting beliefs that uh, they think they are around a situation. Um, you know, oftentimes I see patterns, and I look for uh, the pattern in their life and their thought process, and we get back to where they thought that's what creation is about, that's what life is about, and maybe get them seeing uh, differently so that they don't have to keep repeating this pattern of uh, uh, limitations in their life. That's interesting. So with that, um, do you feel that you're always growing? Do you feel like you're still learning what? It, what inspires you? Uh, you know, it's amazing. Uh, what inspires me is to see people um, heal and process things in a, in a public event that maybe I host. And uh, one of the most amazing things I, I, I recall seeing is sometimes around a full moon. I remember um, I invited this young woman once to one of my full moon uh, fire circles. And a few days later, she calls me up and, and seemed kind of hesitant about what I did. And I said, yeah, please come. I, you know, I respect all faiths, all religions. And uh, she said, okay, I'm bringing my mom with me. And when she said that, I was, I was like, uh-oh, I'm really on the spot here, you know, to uh, create a safe space where they can, uh, um, you know, be themselves and uh, uh, um, have, a, have a real experience. And uh, after the uh, fire circle, I do a shamanic journey of uh, meeting your ancestors or meeting uh, – your spirit guides, your guardian angels. And I, I was just so happy because I saw this, uh, um, uh, this woman's mother there, and I could see across the fire she was really making this connection. And I knew because the tears were just streaming down her face as she really kind of had this connection with her uh, you know, guardian angel, and it was just uh, magical. And uh, a couple months later, I, I called this young woman up again. I asked her, hey, are you going to uh, come to the full moon? She was, oh, I'm busy with work, and I can't make it. But, you know, my mom still talks about that. And for me, that's what inspires me. People um, kind of let go of their fear, and they come have an experience that, uh, you know, maybe they, they would never have anywhere else. And, and that just makes me happy to, to do something like that. That's wonderful. That sounds great. I'm glad I'm there for most of this. <laughs> um, we've been talking a lot about stuffing your emotions, and I think one thing that people – don't realize is that they not only stuff the negative emotions or what we perceive as negative emotions like sorrow or anger, they also stuff the positive emotions. Yeah, they stuff their joy. They, they withhold their love, um, which is a shame because we're all afraid of being rejected, you know, and, and uh, love doesn't need to be accepted. It just needs to be. Um, you know, a dog is always full of joy and happiness because it lives totally in the moment w without a mind. Um, one of my initial trainings was 
um, Don Miguel would, would assign you to be a dog to a teacher. And people go, what? I says, look, a dog just is love unconditionally. And it doesn't have any judgments about loving its master. It just loves its master. And, 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 and the master loves the dog's back because that's what, you know, our pets do. Um, I mean, you know, it's kind of sad to say that people abuse dogs, but the dog keeps going back to its master because it's just this four-legged example of unconditional love. But if we're withholding our love, our joyous expression, you know, we're only cheating ourselves. You know, we're just afraid of being rejected. So, so give up the rejection idea and just allow yourself to love and be loved and, and see how much your life changes. Um, it doesn't take a, um, a lot, just a little bit of practice of, of, you know, when you notice you're feeling like afraid of you might be rejected, push that to the, so- uh, to the side and just uh, talk about how you feel a little bit more. Or B, express. Um, one of the things that um, that bothers me is when I watch parents and children, and I've heard parents say, oh, you can't, you know, don't tell them you love them too much, they'll start trying to get away with things and everything. And it's like, that's your whole purpose as a parent, is to let this child know that in all the world, you and God are the two that will love them unconditionally no matter what, and that you will always be there. And that when you have, you give yourself permission to be joyful and loving and kind and considerate no matter what the people around you are doing, you then give the people around you permission to do those things. So I believe life is about expressing joy and finding out all the different ways that you can love and be loved. Not in a 60s kind of way. (laughs) <laughs> well, I didn't grow up in the 60s. Um, you know, I was born uh, in the late 60s. But, sure, um, make me sound old. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a setup. I, but I just want to say that um, as we give ourselves permission to love unconditionally, the people around us, we also give other people permission. We're not separated. We're all connected somehow. And in this great consciousness that surrounds the planet, the dream of the planet, um, as we heal, others heal. I once held a circle in Vancouver um, called the Healing and Empowerment Circle where the women were in a circle linked arm in arm and the men went around. And um, we acted as symbolically as the men in their lives and, and asked for forgiveness from each of the women. And in that moment, it was amazing to watch the transformation amongst the women as they kind of took that ability to forgive, you know, the men that had um, transgressed somehow in their lives and the women at the same time could take back their power and the men could um, absolve themselves of some guilt. And it was just amazing, a uh, transformative process. But the important part was it wasn't really about the people in the circle. It was about creating this wave of permission that emanated out from the circle where women can empower and heal themselves and, and in turn really to l- learn how to love themselves and love the men in their life and for the men to absolve themselves of guilt so that they can learn how to love themselves and um, realize that they don't need to be um, this abuser and uh, forgive themselves and learn how to you know, also love themselves and love others in their life. It's amazing. So speaking of that, do you do any um, classes or seminars specifically geared towards just women or just men? At this time, I don't have any uh, classes scheduled. Um, I'm working with my wife on the, uh, figuring a schedule for the uh, upcoming year, and uh, definitely post those up on uh, Psychic in Hawaii and uh, my new website coming up. 
And um, I understand that your wife wants to organize some kind of a circle on Oahu this year. Um, yeah, she always wants to organize. That's what women are great at. You know, us men, we, we, uh, we have a barbecue. It consists of a bag of chips and, 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 and charcoal and beer. And we're like, who, who, you know, where's the rest of it? And, uh, but thankfully, women are um, great organizers. And that's why men without great wives, we're nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, I know you work on your own a lot, and we work together, and we work together with, with Marla also. Are there any practitioners or types of practitioners that you feel that what you're offering to people, it's a good balance, like for people to have, um, say, for instance, acupuncture and energy healing or, you know, during a session? Can they combine different? different oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, um, I've worked in combination with acupuncturists and massage therapists. Um, uh, it's amazing what happens when you combine modalities. I mean, it's not, um, you know, one plus one. It's, it's very synergistic where together, if, if we're really in tune working together, um, the uh, results are incredible. I've seen great uh, results of working with some acupuncturists and massage therapists together. Because um, one of the things I do is greatly um, open up a channel for healing energy to flow, um, and they kind of help uh, fine-tune and direct the flow as they're uh, working on the body. So would you be available or would you be willing to work with practitioners that you don't know, or is it better if someone were to call you and set up to work with practitioners that you're already familiar with? So how do you like to work? Um, I'm always uh, open to working with anyone, but, I, I, um, you know, it's a little comfortable for me, and, and I'm sure the other practitioner, if we maybe uh, work together before we just jump on a client. Uh, so I, I would just say, you know, let's practice a little bit together just so I get an understanding and feel for their energy. Because um, you know, I don't want to um, not create an imbalance, but definitely uh, I just want to be comfortable with what they do and, and, and understand and what, what they do. Well, and that's always good because you want that synergy there. It doesn't make sense if your energies are pulling in two different directions. So, with that being said, we're down to our last three minutes of the show, and what I like to do at this point in time is to talk about how people can get in touch with you, what services specifically you're offering, what you have set up or you're planning to set up so that if people are interested, they can contact you. So the first thing is, again, you're listening to Hawaii Psychic, Geraldine St. Joseph. Our website is psychicinhawaii.com. Uh, Christopher has a page on that website, as do I. And his email address is what again? Uh, Shaman Christopher at Gmail. Shaman Christopher at Gmail. So if you want to contact him, you can give him a call. His number is also listed on the website, although his email has not yet been updated. And we have an events list there. So tonight we have the full moon circle that we, we've been doing this for several years. And it's at Helena Cove, otherwise known as Blowhole. The Blowhole Lookout is where we go and we park and we walk down to the beach from here to Eternity Beach, one of several on the islands, I hear. No, actually, it's, uh, <laughs> it was uh, famous for that movie, if you're in the old movies, the black and white movie from here to eternity, starring Burt Lancaster and I think Lana Turner. It was um, uh, the infamous beach scene where they rolled around in the surf. That's where they filmed it. That's why it's called Eternity Beach. Yeah, I hear there's a beach on the Kauai that says the same thing. That's what I hear. <laughs> well, well, actually, all of, from here to eternity was shot on Oahu. 
So that's so that's where it, uh, the beach scene was filmed at. That's why it's nicknamed that. From here to turn. But it's beautiful. It is a beautiful place. There is a little bit of a hike down. That is this evening. We meet approximately 6 p.m. and the fire circle begins at sundown. Uh, we do blessings also at that time. So if you want to come and just get smudged and have a blessing and we um, really enjoy the full moons and we do that monthly. Other than that, on the website, there's lists of different classes that Christopher is available to teach. So if you want to get four or five of your friends together and set up a class, we'd be able to do it that way too. So to contact me, my website is voiceofspirit.com or psychicinhawaii.com, and my email is geraldine at voiceofspirit.com. And we thank you so much for tuning in today. We thoroughly enjoyed it. Is there anything else you'd like to say? Uh, see you at the full moon. And we always give people homework. What's their homework? Your homework is to live in joyous expression of your emotions. Express yourself this week. So do your homework. Do your homework. We have a few seconds left. Again, the website is psychicinhawaii.com. Our guest today was Christopher Kahohipa Ilo. He is a Toltec shaman. Thank you for listening.